Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome, podcasters, to another episode of Tell Me Why. Today, we are discussing coaching gone wrong. My co-host today, Dr. Jenny Christerna. Say hi, Jenny. Hello. Howdy, y'all. It's going to be a live one today, so. Yeah, this is a... This is a topic that Jenny and I have come up with based on past experiences and issues that we've dealt with as parents, as coaches, as referees, just trying to give a little wisdom to our listeners on how to deal with situations where you have a coach who may be over his head, may not be fully engaged or otherwise incompetent and or all the above so as we're going to get started here jenny how how would you like to start us off well i think like this this is a is a topic that i know is going to be a hot button topic so definitely for you yeah for me yeah for sure tell us some background of the last issue you dealt with that brought up this topic and we'll go from there sure so so there was an issue with a coach and uh, a player where the player went to try out for an academy team and told the coaches that, hey, they're going to be there for the game partially late. They're going to play the game in partial, not a full game. Player never missed a game and doesn't miss practices unless, you know, they're traveling or something out of the country. But what ended up happening, and, and they text the coach. The coach said, yeah, so it's all recorded in their team app or, and stuff like that. So three weeks prior to this game, the player got an invitation to try out for this soccer academy, which everybody wants to play MLS next, right? So right. player goes and has it on the calendar for three weeks. The club adds a game that week that Monday or Tuesday for Friday which is the day of tryouts now just because you go to an academy game or tryout excuse me doesn't mean you're going to get selected everyone knows that there's a it's a whole process so you know each round there's more eliminations so this young man goes his parents take him to go and no big deal it's really this is a really cold day and the parents bring the kid to practice kid jumps out of the car to hurry up and make it to practice he's about i mean i'm sorry to the game he's about 20 minutes late and i guess because there's two coaches one of the coaches i suppose it's the head coach asked the kid why are you late and he goes oh you know i was i just came from tryouts for the academy team and the coach says something in another language benches the player sits the player Player has no coat, no blanket, no anything because a player, it's their team and they usually start. And so <clears throat> for the rest of that first half and all of second half, player doesn't play. Now they're losing spectacularly. They're losing. 
And at the end, all the players are leaving. This one kid comes off, the kid that didn't get, did, get, did not get played. And he has this distraught look on his face. And clearly this is not a look that anybody's familiar with from this kid. Kid has a lot of confidence, very, very nice kid. And then the coaches come out. So the mother asks the coach, the head coach, what happened? And so he says something in another language. Now, usually he can communicate. I guess this time he could not communicate in English. And he says, ask the other coach. And walks off after dismissing the mom. So the father who speaks that language asks him in his native tongue what happened. He gives the same dismissive answer, walks off. There's another parent who's on the side who I guess was trying to explain what happened because he was on the bench. Come to find out the coach singled out the kid and, and said, you know, you were late. That's why you didn't play. You went to play for another team or something to that effect. And then there was this, oh, at first it was, oh, he didn't know he wasn't coming in. The mother and the father said, well, we told the other coach it was in the team app that he was going to be late. So they tried to make it seem as if he was benched because he was late, but everyone knew he was late. And then they tried to make it seem like, oh, well, we didn't know he was late. When the other coach, when they told him that the other coach knew, they were like, oh, it's this miscommunication. But then they admitted to singling him out. The other coach comes over, starts yelling, saying, you all are not committed to this team. You're not loyal. This is a family. If you want to be over there with somebody else, then you go be with somebody else. So the parent says, well, then release our kid from the league. He's like, I'm not releasing him. Walks off. And there are some profanity screamed back and forth. So that was a situation. So, so it sounds like to me, this is even an off the game kind of situation where the coach, and this is a, this is a kid you're telling me who's never missed a practice, always on time, usually a starter, full-time, maybe one of the top scorers on the team. And this has never happened before. Then all of a sudden he's got this situation. Do you know if the coach has had this situation before or has treated athletes who have missed practice or anything equally before? And to me, that's one major point, like a coach, and I've run into this, a coach needs to treat athletes the same, depending on Sometimes you can treat them a little different based on ability, but on, you know, out of game situations, like whether they're at practice or don't show up to practice or late, right? whatever rule that coach or that team has, it needs to be a uh, constant. Absolutely. And the irony is, is that the people who played those game, that game that night did not come to practice. They very rarely come to practice and they were from another team. So he tends to bring up my understanding is, other players from a younger team to give them more playing time and they take the time of the players of the original team uh, and so, so that I'm has hearing, been the problem with a lot of parents sounds like the coach really wants to win and he is he is putting the goal of winning over training helping teaching the, the athletes on this team and basically he's doing, he's doing it for his own pride rather than the benefits of the athletes on the team. Right. Am I hearing it's, that correctly? You're hearing that smack dead on. And this, this really resonated in my heart because I 
<clears throat> I see a lot of coaches who want to just win and they're not consistent. It's like, you know, if you're, if you need to reprimand an athlete around an, an issue with that particular sport or team, that's fair. I don't think you're going to have too many parents saying anything. But when you take out your anger with a parent's decision on an athlete's ability to play, because what, what, is, a, what is this kid? I mean, he's a teenager, maybe 13. What is he going to do? Tell his parents, no, I'm not going. So now you're punishing a kid for what the parent has decided to do because of loyalty. I don't even know if that's a thing. And you you can't try out for an academy team. It's like you should want your players to try out for an academy team. It's not like these people were making a lateral move. They wanted to see if he could make it to see if to give him this experience. So the whole thing was handled horribly. And so the kid's not going back. The kid's found another team. Of course, after so writing, we've talked to, pitching, so. Yeah, and we've talked a little bit about that in, in previous podcasts where it really is the job of a coach to develop an athlete to be able to move on to the next level. A coach yeah. goal should not be, oh, I need to keep these athletes here. They're mine, they're mine, they're mine. I'm trying to hold on to them. A good coach, a, a coach who has the athlete's best interest at heart is there to improve those athletes and see if they can get them to that next level. Whether that coach is moving on to the next level or not, those athletes need to be looking to moving on to another level. And that is the job of any coach. I'm thinking any level until you're at the highest level playing NBA, NFL, and whatever, the NHL. Olympic teams, that is where you know, you're you hanging on to those athletes. I got nowhere to go. But yes, that, the job is for that coach to work to improve those athletes. Absolutely. And so the reason that I thought this would be a fitting topic for this podcast is because that whole team of parents was livid. They're paying thousands of dollars to watch their kids sit on a bench while other kids are being pulled up from a whole nother team, a whole nother yeah. team and playing the entire game, being selected as captain of the team. Like, how does that work? And I know that there's been a lot of parents who have been in situations like this. And so I figured this was a good time to talk about, well, what to look for. And the other thing, are they crazy? Are they being unrealistic? And then what can they do? And then also for coaches, right? Because this isn't about bashing coaches. This is about right. helping them exactly the way you're, you're, you were just talking, which is this is the job of the coach. They don't belong to you. Your job is to make them so good that they are growing and they're leaving. They're leaving your team not for a lateral move because they're unhappy, but because they're going to a better team. They're moving up. That's, that's how we measure progress for coaches. And that's how a coach creates their legacy as well. Coach yeah. gets known for improving athlete. Boy, when I was on his team, I got better, better, better. And I, I was able to move off into the next league in no time. And we did this and he, he taught us this and he was great with this. But that is the legacy of a coach to be able to train athletes to move on to, to the next level. I think Absolutely. that's great. And I, and I think you, you hit on one big part and we, we've all seen this in sports. 
especially lower level sports. But there, there's other things too. And, and again, you're right. You said we don't want to be coach bashing today. It is my part-time hobby. I've worked full-time as a coach, elite level myself. And, and I know these situations. I've run into them. And we're here to really help the parents, help the athletes, help the coaches understand the situations and be able to handle them correctly. Absolutely. And it was so disheartening to hear and, and witness that situation because it could have been handled so differently. It could have been handled yeah. differently. It is a lower level team. So when you said it's usually like those lower level teams, it is. What I will tell yeah. parents is that in higher level teams, you just don't see that with coaches for a number of reasons, but higher level coaches and higher level teams, they understand that the product speaks for itself. You're not going to want to leave unless it's for something better. And if you're leaving for something better, that means I've done my job. Right. right? And so for the athlete, especially when they're kids, man, like that's not an experience that they'll be able to shake off. Like if the adults are that rattled about it, and there were a number of adults that were rattled about this whole experience. Then how do you think a, a, a child, a minor, is going to manage that? That's going to be really hard for them, too. That's going to be harder yeah. because they're kids. Yeah. And they have no coping skills for that level of conflict and the level of confusion that they will have. Like, what did I do wrong? The level of bullying and shaming that the kid reported and saying that at the end, when they were sitting out there for 10, 15 minutes more, the coach said to the kid, uh, reportedly or allegedly, the coach said to the kid, hey, how do you guys feel about so-and-so coming late to the game because they went to try out for another team? Oh, that's a big no-no. Yeah. Now, if, I, uh, and, you know, I guarantee my kid, my kid would, would not have lasted longer on that team. Yeah. My kid would, it, what, they would have been removed pretty soon off after yeah. that and found a new team. And you and the big things, the big takeaways on, on that really it's, it's the, the athlete is not going to be enjoying the sport. They're going to want to quit. It's, it's going to cause, as you mentioned, you know, some anxieties and some current concerns on their own part of why, why they're getting played over instead of somebody else. And uh, yeah. it just ruins everything for everybody. And yeah. I a different situation I ran into recently on on another team and again just happened to be soccer and we're not picking on soccer coaches or talking about that but it, it it just happens to be the situation where there was an athlete that was she was one of the top on the team again a top scorer she was a team captain the coach uh just was not how do i put it qualified maybe to be on uh, coaching that team and, and a lot of times we deal with this and this is big a big topic here where Sports and organizations can't always find a quality coach yeah. to handle an organization, to handle a team. Sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's somebody who doesn't want the job that was talked into the job. Sometimes it is someone who wanted the job just for the paycheck and doesn't have their heart in the game. And, and you got to deal with these. And as a parent, I recommend maybe offering some help if you know what you're doing, even if you're not familiar with the sport. If you can go and be by that coach's side and, hey, can I go don't run some drills with these guys? Can I 
kick the ball? Can I help the goalie? Can I do this? Can I do that? At least you're, you're showing some will to try and help whether the person really knows what they're doing or not. There's an angle there for you to be able to jump in and at least show some effort. But this, this one situation where this young female, you know, she started taking over the coaching role because the coach was sitting on the bench playing on his phone most of the game and most of the practice. So she was, her and the other team captain were directing athletes to go here, to go there. You stand over there, you know, pass the ball here, talking strategy with, with their teammates. And occasionally the coach would look up and see how things were going and they go back to doing her thing. And it was just a team being run by high school kids with basically no oversight. And the kids were getting frustrated. They weren't getting any help. Luckily, a few of these kids knew what they were doing and were helping out. But a similar situation where the coach came out later, got a little upset with these team captains helping out, and he decided to put together a uh, questionnaire to, to grade the captains and say, okay, we want to answer this questionnaire. How do you think your captains are doing? So-and-so and so-and-so. What, what are they doing wrong? What are they doing right? And this had never happened before. It was not something that where he'd ever had a questionnaire directed at any one or two particular athletes. If you're going to do that, you need to do it again towards the whole team, like we talked right. about. Personal shaming and digs toward these girls just because they were taking over his job because he wouldn't stand up and do it. it. It was just not the right way to go. And as far as I'm concerned, that's harassment. And these two girls ended up going home in tears because of course the coach starts reading off in front of them things in front of everybody of the team that they could be doing better. And it was just, it was a shame on how the whole thing got handled. better is what you're saying. Exactly. He's really one them. It's talking about how they could do his job better. That's rich. Yeah. Okay. So coaches, if you're yeah. listening, I know several of you are, don't do that. Right. And, and the reason that this is so, I'm so passionate about this is because I advocate for children. Like they can't use their voices. They, it's hard for a kid to stand up to an adult. And it matters. I, I see patients in my office as adults who have these stories, who have these stories about these moments and these memories as children that have shaped them. I've talked to, I don't know how many parents whose child has, has lost all confidence in themselves. Love for the sport is gone. They think there's something fundamentally flawed with them, that there's something wrong with them. And it's not. Guess what? It's not that they were a bad athlete. It's that it was a bad coach. They the coach didn't know how to coach. That doesn't, you yeah. know, instead of projecting that, the coach could have learned how to do some things differently, or they could have said, look, I, I'm just not the best person for this. Maybe we don't have a team. I don't really know. But it, it impacts lives, children's lives. And they grow up with this faulty thinking that something is just, they're not worthy and that they can't do things and they give up on themselves. And, you know, and everything we say to kids, it matters. Everything we do, it matters. So when we are in our ego as adults, whether we're a parent, a coach, or a referee, we have to understand that when it comes out with these kids, 
even if they're dead wrong, the kid is just being a complete kid or whatever. We are ultimately responsible because we are the adult. We are responsible for how we manage our disappointment and our frustration and our anger. And we are to never take it out on a kid. My thing is, if you can't say to a parent what you said to their kid, then you had no business saying it. If a parent comes up and asks you what you said to my kid and you can't tell them, then you are automatically, you know what you said was wrong. And if someone had said that to your kid or treated your kid like that, you would probably be up in arms. And if you would not be upset about something like that, I I will take issue with it. I will take issue with that. Yeah, and as being a elite level coach down a national, international, national level coach myself, I know I've made mistakes. I know I've done things that I'm like, oh man, I should have done it this way. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe should have worded it this way. As long as you're learning from those situations, it's not a regular habit. You're doing your best. I like anybody in any position, any job, you go out and do your best and you learn from it and you don't make the same mistake twice and you try to do better. We're trying to, again, offer information where we can help. You know, a lot of coaches, like I mentioned, are thrown into a position where they're volunteers. They're just helping out. They don't know the ins and outs of the sport and they're doing the best they can. I applaud you. I think that's a great thing to do, especially if your kid's on the team, you're trying to help out. If no one was there, there probably wouldn't be a team. But we're in the information age. There's plenty of places you can go to learn on the sport, learn exercises, mm-hmm. learn techniques, learn drills. If nothing else, you can work on conditioning and running and a sprints or whatever it is and, and get your athletes into shape. But there's a lot of opportunities from podcasts, from uh, uh, YouTube videos where you can learn different exercises and different things on sports to improve your knowledge and to make things better. And I think a, a big thing for parents too, Jenny, we can address like how how to deal with these situations and not just bullying by a coach, mm-hmm. but either it's an incompetence or a coach just not paying attention or whatever it is. And maybe there's athletes on a team who are mistreating another athlete that a coach is ignoring or not paying attention to, not addressing. These are all different things that parents need to be aware of. They need to watch practice every once in a while. They need to listen to their athletes and what are the athletes telling them? What are they not telling them? Right. Absolutely. And, and again, that's why we started off this podcast saying this is not about bashing coaches because to your point, there are so many kids who wouldn't be able to play if there weren't volunteers. And it, this isn't about saying, hey, you know, you can't make a mistake. We all have made mistakes. This is about, and from what I understand, the coaches never even went back to apologize to the parents. The apology came from wow. the director of coaching after they were informed. And so the issue really becomes when the coach doesn't see anything wrong with it. To your point, if this is a, if this is a habit, we came to find out, you know, after kind of just asking around, this was something that was done before. Uh-huh. Weeks actually before we found out about this one, and it was just the most unfortunate. It was just so unfortunate. And I think to help coaches and parents 
one navigate if this were to have happened to them or if this does happen to them, that's one thing, but then how to prevent something like that from happening. That's the whole thing. How do we not even have this as an issue? Because it it can really tear apart relationships. It can tear apart teams, but more importantly, it can tear apart a kid. Yeah, and I think it's a great opportunity for a coach in the beginning of the season, beginning of each season to have a meeting with the parents. Maybe it's different than a separate meeting with them with the athletes, going over expectations, going over how he runs his team. If he's going to be bringing athletes in from other teams, he needs to let the parents know. The parents need to understand the expectation. Is this coach out? Are we here to win? Is that, is that our goal at whatever age is it's five or whether it's 25 playing semi-pro what's, what's the intent of this team? And what direction are we taking to get there? Are we going to be replacing athletes when they're not showing up for practice? Is practice mandatory? These are all things that need to be discussed and understood by the parents so the parents know what their kid is getting into. And the coach needs to stick to those outlines as well. Absolutely. And one of the things that I will add to that is being able, for coaches being open and being accessible and responsive. It has a question about their kid. They, they deserve an answer, especially if this is a paid club. These clubs are expensive. The older the kids get, the higher the, the club fees are. And so even when it's a free club or, I mean, like a rec team or a lower level club, like when people show up, people should know what to expect. But coaches, you need to keep to that. No favorites being respectful in how we talk to our kids and learning the best way to talk to athletes, to, to, ch to kid athletes. You know, they're growing and, and developing. So how do I talk with, you know, five-year-olds? How do I talk with 12 and 13-year-olds? How do I talk to 16, 17-year-olds? Because those things matter. They just have a different way of understanding things. Um, but working closely with the parents and making sure that things optically also look fair. It's because if it the optics are off, people are going to have questions. So we can avoid a lot of, of dissent and loss of confidence in the coaches if the coaches, you know, behave the way they say, if they walk the walk, walk the talk. Because if they do, you're not going to have too many challenges or issues. And then in a one-off, if a coach is having an issue with an athlete, one-off talk to the parent with the, yep. with, with the intent to try to figure this out. And then if necessary, you know, after talking with the parent, then you talk with the parent with the athlete. And this is what we're going to do to help you with this. But at no time, and this is what I put in bold capital font underscore, at no time are you to ever bully or shame a, an athlete as a coach. That's never going to be acceptable, like ever. No. You brought up a point we've talked about in another podcast too, where I remember I had a difficult time and I just had to, had an athlete come by, you know, I'm working with younger athletes now than I, I was used to, and I'm just not getting through to these kids. And, and they're, I'm just getting this blank stare sometimes. And, and I'm totally confused. I'm like, this is, I usually can just tell them what to do and they do it and they understand they go and do it. And I'm, as the kids are getting younger or whatever, I'm getting this stare. And, and I was talking to a friend of mine who is a teacher. I'm like, what? what What's going on? She's, she was telling me, 
the kids these days really understand differently. They, they learn differently. They need to be shown things differently. And, and here I am thinking, oh man, I've been teaching the coaching the same way for 35 years. And I just yell at, expect them to do it. And it's not happening. And here she's like, oh, well, some of them need to be shown pictures or videos. Some of them need the handheld and, and exact body motions or whatever. And it's, it's a different generation, a different way of learning things. And it can be frustrating for a coach. It can be frustrating for an athlete as well. It really took me some time to, and did some reading on how to interact and communicate with younger and different generations. There's a whole different world yeah. out there with these yeah. kids. And man, I tell you, I was, I learned a lot and I'm, I'm doing better as a coach and hopefully these kids are, are understanding better, but that's a whole different ball game as well as yeah. that communication between a coach and an athlete. And I even had to work with some of the parents and talk with them and say, Hey, so-and-so I'm, I'm, I'm not getting through to them and I'm getting that blank stare. Yeah. What, what can I do as, as, as a, their coach talking to the parent, what works for you guys to get into them? One parent was like, you got to yell louder. <laughs> you got to repeat it multiple times. He's just, he just doesn't get it the first time. And, and I did. And, and that, those are things work. Those things work. So really getting that information from the parents, watching the faces of the, the athletes, uh, learning how to communicate to the different generations. These, these are all great little techniques that can, can take you a long way. But I, I, I tell coaches, your, your best alliance is formed with the parent. Your best alliance is formed with the parent to better connect with and understand the kid. Now, if the parent's not involved and they're just dropping the kid off, yes, it's going to be a lot more challenging. But talking with the parent and letting the parent know, hey, this is what's going on with the kid with their athlete and we're, we're really trying and, and we don't really know what to do. Can you help us? We, we're really trying to support him or her or them. And so what I think is so important for people to understand is that it, this is all a team, even the refs. I mean, people like to, to bag on the refs a lot, but we, we all work together as a team. We have to have an understanding and a level of respect for each other. We might not agree but we have to be on speaking terms. Like we have to have an understanding, like this is my space, this is your space, and here is how we overlap. How can we work together in that space? Because this is for the yep. athlete. It's not for the coach. It's not for the parent. It's for the athlete. The spectators get a great game, maybe, but it's the athlete who's out there on display. So we want to make sure that they can develop and grow and learn something. Learn something about themselves, build up that resiliency and not give up that perseverance, that tenacity that, you know what, no matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm going to get back up each time and I'm going to try again. Even if I don't succeed, I'm not giving up. And that is the purpose and the focus of, of sports, especially youth sports. It's not that they're going to go pro. It's so that they learn to never give up on themselves, to never let anybody take that away from them. All we have is our core sense of who we are. And parents, it is your job. It is your job and your responsibility that when someone makes your child question who they are, doubt their ability, mm, you got to step up. You got to step up and go, not with my kid. This is not the team yeah. for us. Yeah, that's a great point, Jenny. And I was just thinking along that line is, 
the reason why kids do sports, probably the number one reason, besides the fact that they just want to win, it's a learning experience in, in everything they do. And they need to learn. These are all lessons they will take with them through life, how to push themselves, how to learn to handle defeat, how to handle winning, how to be humble, how to be gracious, how to find a goal and work towards it. And we talked a little bit about the parents in an earlier podcast, how to deal with situations and how to not be irate and how to, how to hold that conversation with the coach, with the referee. And I also wanted to step towards the, the athlete a little bit. And we really need to continue that conversation with the athlete, what the coach to the athlete, the parent to the athlete, and know what's going on at different stages of their practices, whether if they're coming home in tears, if they're coming home bruised and scraped up and whatever, what's going on? Did they have a rough practice? You getting pushed around? Is there someone saying something to you? It can be a coach, can be a referee, can be another athlete, could be the opposing team, whatever it is, parents need to stay involved and, and know what's going on with their kids phone numbers, texting, things need to be exchanged with the coaches. So the coach can relay information. Hey, so-and-so is not looking real well out there today, or they had a rough day. People are picking on them or whatever, whatever the right. situations, parents, like you just stated, it's not okay. Parents need to get involved. Yeah. And absolutely do it in an appropriate way. And I tell, you know, people, we're all human. We, we, we can get passionate, especially when it's around children. I know I can, but it's about going, you know what, is this an environment that will create a, a bigger problem if I stay? And if this is a pattern or is this an environment where we can work through something together, where we can all work together to figure it out? And that's for each person to decide, but violence is never okay, ever, you know? And so I do encourage parents when you're interviewing these teams and when you're trying out I want you to look for a few things. I want you to ask the coach, how do you feel about working with kids? How do you talk with them? What do you do when a parent makes a decision for the child that doesn't align with what you are, what your values are, or how you coach? How do you deal with that? You want to get very clear about some of those questions. And you also want to be clear about how does it work if, if we find out that at some point this is no longer a good fit for either of us. How, how do we part or do we part? And if we can't part, what's the agreement that we, we have with one another to finish out the season or the year? How will we do that amicably? Under what condition will the rules change? And, and can we reach out to you? A lot of clubs have a 24-hour rule. Like if we have a heated discussion, if you're really upset with me, or I'm really upset with you, mom or dad, we're going to wait 24 hours before we reach out. So that way we don't say something okay. we regret. I like and that. that's a good, that's a good cool down rule. So, and, and sometimes that might not be able to happen, right? Sometimes that might not be able to happen. Just do your best to keep your cool. And that's all. Yeah, I think that's you. great information. And, and I was thinking the same thing as you were mentioning that where you're having that initial meeting with the coaches, you're asking them questions. I think it'd be a great opportunity to give them some hypotheticals. What, how would you handle a situation? How would you handle a situation if one athlete is picking or a group of athletes is picking on one athlete? 
how will you handle a situation when an athlete gets a red card or a yellow card? How do you handle a situation with an injury? You know, do you, are you CPR certified or whatever it is? You know, there's a lot of hypotheticals out there that you can run through, especially if you have a kid who tends to do something one way. It's like, how, how would you handle someone with special needs or how do you handle someone with ADHD or whatever it is? These are, these are great conversations. And I think even more important than knowing what the coach's credentials are in terms of that sport. I think don't get me started. better. Yeah, I know you're going to like this. <laughs> I think it's better to have a coach who knows how to handle situations, personnel situations, than it is having a coach who knows how to handle or, or teach them the specific of the sport. That stuff's easy to learn. You can pick that up mm -hmm. on YouTube. You can run them drills. The kids will even know how to do it and they'll pick stuff up themselves. But having a coach who knows how to handle personnel situations as they happen on or off the field is valuable for the development of these child athletes as they're growing up all the way through the highest level of school. And then they'll be ready to take on a higher level of sport as they graduate. Absolutely. And I'm going to, and I'm, I'm going to speak from experience, not just as a parent of kids who all did sports, every last one of them, and not just as a referee and not just as mom, but as all three and just pulling all of this together. And also Grio, the storyteller, everyone tells these stories to parent and coaches. I want to say this to you from a place of love. And I want to say this with great clarity. A lot of you all as parents, you're drawn to coaches who are professional players. Coaches, if you were a professional player, you're using the draw of that history, that part of your dynamic career to be a coach. Let me be very, very clear. And this is true in sports, just like it's true in corporate America. Just because you are a really solid player does not mean you will be a good coach. Just like someone who's in sales, they may be great in sales and killing it, does not mean that they're going to be a good manager. So you yep. have to know what you're good at doing and you have to stick to that because being a player is very different from coaching, requires a completely different skill set. So parents, don't get pulled into the marketing of, oh, you know, so-and-so former professional blah, 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 blah player is now coaching, you know, nine-year-olds, is now coaching 13-year-olds because they're going to use that to draw in people who are, oh, I want to work with a famous person. Yeah, there's some, there's some glamour in that, but that does not always translate well for coaching. I can personally and professionally attest to that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Some of the best players make some of the worst coaches. I coaches was just going to state are... that exactly. <laughs> Top athletes do not always make great coaches. And actually, it, it's different than that. A lot of top athletes are naturally talented and they yeah. don't know what it took to actually get there. And they, they can't break it down. They can't teach. And they it's... have a very different mindset. You're 100% you're correct. Top athletes don't always make a coach. Because remember, natural athletes, they feel it. They're intuitive. We talked about people finding someone to take the athlete's mental edge with, right? Made athletes tend to be better coaches, my, my experience has been, because they understand the technical pieces that go into that so they can explain it. 
natural athletes, they've never really had to think about it. So when they yep. try to explain it, it's, it's a challenge for them. It doesn't mean they can't learn to do it. It's just that it doesn't come quite naturally for them to explain it because they never had to think about it. So I would encourage parents to, to also inquire as to how do they coach? Do they explain it? What are, what are the, the ways that they connect with their athletes the way you were talking about in communication? How do they explain the techniques? Do they practice as one big group or do they practice with their teams? You'd be surprised at how many coaches will have like everybody on the field and they're just doing one drill. And it's like, well, when are they going to ever practice with their team? So know what's important to you. Ask around. And at the end of every season, you should be getting, especially if you're paying to be in a club, it's not uncommon for what's, what's pretty standard actually is for, for coaches to do a review of each player with each player. They sit down and they do a review. This is what your goal is for the, was for the year. This is how you did. This is where we see your strengths are. This is where we see your weaknesses are. This is how we think you can develop them. That should be coming with your player at the end of every season if you're paying especially for a club sport. And that's pretty much, I think, pretty standard unless it's like private one-off. You know, you're going in for private training or something like that. But in some, in some sports, that evaluation comes with, with your fee. So, Yeah, that's great. Great information. And we really want to maybe finish up with, let's address each part of that, that scenario. The coach, the parent, the athlete, maybe even a referee. Like, How, how do we best find an answer and, and solve these problems? If, if, we're, if we're a coach and we see problems and how do we fix things that we know if, if I'll start from the coaching standpoint, again, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have things we regret. We're going to have things we can do better next time. Yes. Learn from those things and try not to make those same mistakes again. If you're in a situation where you are not familiar with the sport or not extremely technically savvy on that sport. Take some opportunities, find someone who is, find a kid, find a high school kid or whatever that'll jump in and, and help you. They love doing that stuff, especially for younger kids or, or even older kids. Give you some ideas, they'll be your assistant coach and, and enjoy helping you out. Take those opportunities. Learn to communicate, like you said, with the parents, with the athletes. Let them know what you got going on. If you're going to be replacing athletes, if you're just win and goal mining of winning and not working for athletes. A parent should know that. And there's not, that's not that it's a bad thing. Some teams need to be like that. At some level, we are here to win. If you don't show up to practice, you're not playing. If, mm -hmm. if you're slacking, I'm pulling you, we're putting the guys who are out there to win on a team. That, that is not a bad call. And at, at certain places and certain times, certain teams, if, if that is the goal, that's how it needs to be played. You mm -hmm. want to handle coaches there, Jenny? So with coaches, you know, I, I am always about transparency. You deal with the players and the parents separately. You treat the player. You have a, a set of rules and expectations that the players understand. They have to be clear enough for the players at that developmental age to understand. This is what we expect. If for whatever reason your parents bring you late, you, you're not going to start um, the first half. If you're more than 25, 30 minutes late or whatever. 
or if you're less than 10 minutes late, you, you won't play for the first 15 minutes or the first 20 minutes. You'll play, but the last half, that kind of thing. But then we'll reset and start full, start over in the second half or whatever quarter, if it's football or basketball. And so you want to just coaches be clear about what people can expect from you. And you have to stick to that. And that's why it's so good to be clear and write them down and have people sign off that they read it and that they understand it after you guys have talked about it. So that way people can ask those questions and you all have an, an understanding and agreement together because later on in the season, something's going to come up and we want to be able to go back to that expectations list. This is what we talked about happening. We understand this came up, but we have to do this. We're not mad at Johnny. We're, we're just doing this because we need to be consistent. And that's okay. We'll support Johnny, but he'll just have to play the second half or he'll have to play in, in the third quarter. So yep. that way everyone's clear. And then coaches, if you can make sure that you make the parent a part of the team, if the parent made a decision about the kid, talk with the parent about it. The kid should never know that you're mad at their parent, ever. Parent, the kid should never know that you're upset with the coach. You guys can say, oh, well, that's different. I don't know if that works for us. Or let me talk with the coach about this because I'm concerned. Just like the coach, you can say to the kid, oh, you know what, Johnny, you know, you're kind of late. Let me talk with mom and dad and see if there's something that we can work, you know, work out. Right. Great and idea. just you know, so it's it's a way that we let the kid know we're going to connect with the other, the player knows so so the player doesn't feel like they have to choose or doesn't feel like they're caught in the middle because they're they're kids. They they shouldn't have to feel that. Right. As far as coaches, that's all I have for now. But yeah. Never, never shame or blame or bully or that's never going to be a good look. I don't, I don't care who you explain that to. I'll jump on the, the parent side, Jenny, and since as both you and I are been parents of athletes out there, really my, my, probably my best piece of advice there would be to stay in good communication with the coach and with your athlete. Know what's going on at those practices. Know what's yeah. going on with the game. As we talked earlier, uh, know what the coach's intentions are, know how he handles situations. Maybe he's even up for advice if, if he doesn't handle situations. Maybe this coach doesn't have kids and he's not particularly good with that. He just knows the sport. They're, everybody's got their strengths and everybody has their weakness and we can help them in those situations, uh, bringing up that conversation early in the season so everybody knows where everybody stands. As that parent, stay involved, know what's going on, and know how to handle situations. And also with your, your athlete, make sure they're communicating with you. I, I'm going to echo that. I'm going to echo that. And I'm going to add that if you have a concern about anything that happens on the team or with the coach or with the players, send a formal request via email to say, hey, I'm concerned about, I have several concerns I would like to, to talk with you about. You always want to leave a paper trail, not because you're trying to get somebody in trouble, but because those kinds of concerns can escalate very quickly. So yeah, trying to go- it worded out better. Yeah. So trying to go off, you know, one off or whatever and say, hey, you know, I'm wondering about blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But when you have a concern, like this is, this is a problem, a concern for me. That's when we can, we can send an email and say, can we have a formal meeting? 
and then athletes, I think the same thing. This is, this is about you guys, your athletes out there, make sure you're communicating with your coach, make sure you're communicating with your parent. If you have a difficult time or if you're intimidated by your coach, your parent, I, I would guarantee it probably more than happy to help you out there and point you in the right direction, maybe give you the right thing to say, or go in there and help, help with the communication. But athletes, this is on you guys to work on your communication skills, not just your sports skills and yes. let the coaches and the parents know what you're getting, what you're not getting, what you're missing, what you need. Absolutely. I'll share a story real quick. My daughter, she was, she was feeling like, oh, this was too much. You know, she was a forward for her club team. And um, her coach is like, well, I, you can handle it. And so I told her, I said, no, I want you to make that uh, outreach to him, you know, during practice and, and, and tell him. So we called him on the phone. I said, hey, my daughter wants to say something to you. And, and, and so she expressed herself. She was so nervous. Now we can't get her to hush. And so, <laughs> but it's about learning how to express yourself and to say what you have to say, no matter how people feel about it, say what you have to say. And you learn as you get older how to say it more gracefully, how to say it more diplomatically and more effectively. But kids, this is the time when they are more apt to learn how to use their voice and communicate. So coaches and parents allow them a chance to express themselves appropriately and help redirect them. The prosody in their voice, the music in their voice is going to carry all of the words. We want to teach them, hey, this is how we, this is the music. This is the vocal cord that we use to carry disdain where people know we're upset about something and we don't like it, but they can still take it in and hear it and not shut us down. So parents, that's our job at helping them learn how to, to do that dance and sing that song. So people can go, okay, I didn't like what I heard, but I can see how you might feel that way. I get it. I'll work on that. Or I'll, let me think about that and sit with what I can do differently. Great, Jenny. And so hopefully we covered everybody. I know there's, there's always a million different situations. We're not going to hit them all on this topic, but I think communication is the key. And remember as coaches, as parents, as the athletes, you're there for the athletes. You're there to help them learn and handle situations and grow just like your daughter, Jenny, learning how to do that. That's, that's a life experience right there. Um, yeah. Keep the, keep the athletes in mind, keep the growth in mind. It's not all about winning until you get to a certain level. Then it is. It's go out there and kick some butt. Yeah, when, they, when they're paying you millions of dollars, then the games, the rules change. <laughs> <laughs> right. So again, podcast listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of Tell Me Why. Feel free to leave your comments in the comment section and let us know what you're learning, what else we can discover and talk to you about and we hope you have a great day bye guys see and gals and them and see you guys next next week